0: 2014, we put two faces up right next to the Western Mall, and a tornado came through in 2019 and tore the roof off the old Western Mall. Our, our two boards withstood it, and are still running today.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner, here with Matt Anderson. Today, we're joined by Doug Muth and Zach Negebauer, co-owners of Book Your Billboard, we talked to about how they got into billboards. They started with digital from the beginning, the versatility of those displays and much more. And we're here today with Doug and Zach. Doug, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. It's a beautiful day.
1: <laughs> and Zach, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great as well. Thank you guys for having us.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks for joining us. We have Matt here as well. Hey, guys. Um, and first we always like to get a a background of the people we're talking with to kind of hear the position you're in and how you got to where you're at. So Doug, can you start by kind of giving us your origin story, so to speak? How'd you get started at book your billboard?
0: Yeah. So in 2006, I had three guys sort of bring an idea to me, um, that I thought was pretty cool. And, uh, we uh, came together and formed a company. We each owned 25% of uh, Book Your Billboard. And we went out and found a couple of billboard spots. And we originally put up three Bactronic billboards. Um, probably about 2007 is when we actually got the digital uh, boards up. About 2008, the the economy really took a turn as we all know and mm-hmm. i essentially bought those three people out and then my wife charity and i ended up owning 100 percent of book your billboard
3: awesome and I'm, I'm thinking doug too when you started out uh, i think you said in 2006 um did you have a history kind of in billboard or why, why did you kind of pick that path to go down
0: You know, like everybody that gets into billboards, they probably did some sort of real estate in their past. Okay. And this has a real estate investment element to it, or at least you think it does before you get into it. Once you're in it, you quickly realize you're, you own a media company. It's not like a normal real estate investment. And it, It's a business that you have people and uh, salespeople and you're trying to motivate them and and run them on a day-to-day basis and grow your company. And it really all comes down to relationships, not only with your salespeople and internal people, but uh, prospective landowners, uh, the landowners that are renting boards to you people down at the city you got to deal with every day, prospective advertisers. I mean, it's, it's the farthest thing from real estate that, that you can get. It's a business that you're running. Okay. And so my family's always done real estate and we thought, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to uh, do this. It's a different kind of twist. And, and we quickly realized it's, it's not investment real estate. It's, it's a, it's a business that you're, you're running.
3: Okay, and, and it sounds like you said from when you started and you went with Deaktronics digital billboards right away. Afterwards, was that kind of you know your so your entrance into the market? But was it digital right away, or were you all static and then moved to digital?
0: No, we we went in. Our business plan was to go in digital. We knew that we couldn't get mass amount of spots, and so our strategy was to go to digital get. Three spots and really try to maximize the spots that we ended up with. And, um, so that was our strategy right from the beginning.
1: Okay. Interesting to hear that. And Zach, can you tell us kind of your history too, and how you got into book your billboard?
2: Yeah. You know, I came into the company, um, obviously Doug is the founder and I came in, um, you know, later on, I've been doing this with Doug now for about seven years. I think we, we always kind of laugh because we've had so much fun growing together. We don't even remember the exact date we, we joined forces. We should probably look that up at some point, but you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur uh, here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, growing up here. Um, Grew up in a, in a, you know, my family had their own business um, that I took over. And so my whole life, I've been used to working hard and rolling up your sleeves and doing whatever it takes to to make a business successful. And, you know, I started off with a retail company, uh, 10 locations in South Dakota, 140 employees and i early on you know my budget was very very tight i was buying my dad out of the company um my my retail stores needed to be remodeled and advertising you know especially in retail can can really make or break your month if you do a good job promoting a sale and you get your team ready you can have an amazing month if you do a bad job and you don't get the customers in make goods don't matter. You you can really have a bad month. So you realize how important in retail, especially advertising is. And so I kind of had my first taste with, um, just going through the gamut of media and, and, you know, this back seven years ago, this is when HD TV ads, um, you know, not every commercial when you watch TV was HD DVR was just becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And it, often, if you remember seven years ago, when a local commercial would be on the TV, it would go from widescreen to like that little square. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because most people that produced local commercials back then didn't have an HD camera. And so that just point of reference, that's kind of when I was really getting deep into media, social media was just kind of becoming a well-known thing. And I was an early adapter to Facebook and early adapter to Instagram. And I saw how beneficial it was to my business, but I also realized that it was limited. I could not perform my retail company to its its peak level, just doing advertising on social. It had a reach, but it had a very limited reach uh, and especially back then. And so I was buying radio, I was buying TV. And one of the distinct stories I always tell people is I was paying at the time, $1,300 for one 32nd TV ad for the bachelorette. And it was my target okay. demographic of, of females 18 to 35. Okay. And you're thinking perfect show that show, especially seven years ago had a huge following It was a two hour show from 7 PM to 9 PM. And I was paying 1300 bucks back then for that ad. And I kept going through my proof of play cause my, I, I was tight on the money <laughs> and I would get my bill and I would look at my affidavit and I kept on getting these six fifty-eight runtimes. run times. And I'm like, well, that's weird because if my wife sets her DVR, which I always made her record the show so I could watch my own commercial, yep. um, the DVR wouldn't even turn on until 7.01. And so I kept on getting these, you know, coming up next is a Bachelorette. And then, boom, my crappy local, locally produced little square, not HD TV ad, 1300 <laughs> bucks gone, and then the two-hour show began. Oh. And I just realized that this stuff is TV, radio is so fragmented and I just had this gut feeling that media is going to get completely disrupted. And I knew obviously social media, Google ads was gonna be a big part of it. Um, but I, I also had this sense that like billboards had a lot of promise in being part of that disruptive story. Um, and, and so I like, within a few months of being really unsatisfied as someone buying TV at one point in time, the station, they were great. They worked and they just said, look, there's no more make goods. We sell the national spots first and you get what's left over. So it is what it is. And so I broke loose from that and I I actually started buying some billboards from Lamar and I loved the product. I loved that you could not DVR through my ad that you had to drive by it every single day. And you know, when I did meet Doug and I heard about the technology that DeKtronics is producing with these digital boards, it just seemed like this industry was going to disrupt a lot of things and, and create a lot of new opportunities. So, um, Kind of fell into, you know, the billboard business a little bit by accident, but had a lot of firsthand experience of of what was going wrong with media and how it needed to get fixed.
3: No, that's, that's an awesome origin story. And, and yeah. kind of thinking then, as you're talking about, you know, you started into this, the billboard market, you got some from Lamar. Were those original ones uh, digital as well? Or were those static?
2: We, we bought digital, um, you know, being a retail company, we, we did not have a set it and forget it message. Our message was changing by the week, changing by the month. And so the thought of having to pay to change that creative and the leg time that can, you know, in retail, you'd like to think we're organized and we have a three month calendar of sales. But what often happens is if you have a good or bad month, you readjust the next month, right? Mm -hmm. And so we were constantly on a very short notice needing to to make changes. And so digital from the very get-go felt right. Um, And at that time, you know, a few years back, digital was not as popular. And that another kind of gut feeling of mine was digital is going to be the way of the future because most companies have to be more adaptive today than they were a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The consumer we live in a world where everything is instant and, and every decision is instant and you, you got to be able to change and flex faster. And I really think, um, you know, the digital messaging you know offers companies a wide variety of opportunities to be adaptive to their, to their media schedule.
3: Absolutely. And, and you both joked about already of, you know, people ask how long have you worked together and yeah. you, you may struggle to remember that. What was, cause I mean, so, so Doug's got this billboards he's been putting up, um, he's been working through that. He's now the full owner with his wife, and then you're kind of dipping your toes in buying some from Lamar. What was the moment? I mean, I'm guessing this is all happening kind of the the Sioux Falls area. What moment did you two, I say, run into each other at like a conference, or, and then kind of realize, hey, you know, we we could probably do more more business if we work together than apart, kind of thing.
0: So I actually kind of a funny story. I know Zach's dad very well, and when Charity and I were first dating, we actually did some things with with uh, Danny, who's Zach's dad, and, and some of his friends, and Charity found a picture the other day of her and I at a wedding, and sitting right beside us was Zach when he was about 14 years old. <laughs> oh, <wow. So laughs> uh, maybe that's a picture that we need to post that. Yeah, um, we should. <laughs> we should post that. But uh, yeah, so you know, I knew obviously Denny had the retail stores and I asked him to maybe meet me uh, for lunch and sit down and talk a little bit about him uh, doing some business with book your billboard. And he said, well, I'm going to bring my son along Zach. And um, I didn't really know that there was a transition going on from Denny to Zach and over lunch quickly realized what a talent Zach was. And um, uh, we just struck up a, a a friendship and and a trust between us, and and pretty quickly we decided, hey, why don't we uh, come up with some sort of arrangement where you move all of your advertising from the current vendor, move it to us, and in exchange we'll we'll do some ownership and and give you an opportunity to buy uh, more ownership in the future and. I really think that that whole thing probably happened in 45 days. I mean, it it, it went really quickly and um, it's probably the best move I've ever made. And I feel really blessed to have him on the team. So, I mean, I remember the moment. I remember where we were at. We were at Minnehaha Country Club. I remember where we were sitting. Uh, The whole thing just came together and we, we were off and running immediately.
1: Wow. That's, that's awesome to hear how that just like, you, you make that right connection yeah. and you've got that right person that's available to, to jump in and, and start something big. So.
3: And they're by your side all along, apparently.
1: Yeah. yeah right.
2: <laughs> yeah. know um, what's funny about that. If I could add to it, when uh, Doug called me to schedule a, a meeting, um, he's kind of walking through like, yeah, I own this, you know, small uh, digital billboard company and I'm getting uh, fitted for a tuck for one of my best friend's wedding. And I look up and there's literally a billboard in that vendor's parking lot that happened to be, uh, I mean, so like, you know, life is kind of like, you know, you, sometimes you, you meet people in college are like, well, how would you get started or what? You know, sometimes it's just not that complicated. A little bit of luck and a little bit of, you know, like Doug said, I think that's key is just trusting people um, and, and having that good connection. Um, sometimes something very simple and kind of easy can turn into a, a long lasting relationship.
1: There you go. Just kind of the right connection, the right place at the right time. And then now, you, now you're in with book your billboard. And then you guys said you you started with um, all digital and did you go Dactronics right away? And how did you have that connection with Dactronics?
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't even a question in my mind. Um, we we just we love South Dakota and we want to promote South Dakota. When we're traveling, we talk about South Dakota, what a great state it is. And of course, Al Kurtenbach, uh, the founder of your company, he grew up six miles from where my family grew up, and I just knew that uh, this is a company that we wanna be associated with. Uh, We never even made a serious look at anybody else, any other vendor, we've had one or two call us, but uh, it was never a question in our minds uh, we were going to go with Datronics,
1: And once you did decide to go to Datronics, you, you had um, different technology options. Which technology did you decide to go with right away, and was there a reason for choosing one technology uh, over the other?
0: Oh, you're going to date me, because <laughs> that was 16 years ago when we ordered <laughs> that first board. <laughs> I got to look and see what it was. We do not have those three boards in our <laughs> fleet anymore. Okay. Uh, I think a hailstorm came through, Probably about on the eighth year, very well-timed, and uh, we were able to, obviously, we had insurance and we -hmm. were able to, we had to replace those boards. But Colin Huber, who uh, is our sales representative that we work with, he would know exactly what that board was. (laughs) Sure.
3: (laughs) Well, I'll make sure and ask Colin. I'll (laughs) I'll pester him later. I'm not sure if you can top that at all, Zach, where Doug first heard about Dectronics because, uh his family grew up right next to our founder, but have you, or had you always heard about Dektronx too as well? And how did you get kind of familiar with our company?
2: You know, I definitely can't top that, that's (laughs) for sure. I honestly, um, one of our our retail stores is in Brookings. So as a kid, I remember, you know, doing maintenance and driving to Brookings and and seeing it uh, from afar and never really made the correlation exactly what it was obviously until I got older um but i will say the reputation in our state you know our state really does like supporting local companies and it just has a phenomenal that tracks a phenomenal reputation worldwide but really well locally i know the employees are treated very well um for being a large company it's like a family and um we've been you know very impressed i've been very impressed with um just how well the products made you know when i first started with doug you know my my entrepreneurial knee jerk reaction was, well, we should price everything out and we should, you know, shop the competitors. And Doug was one of the non-negotiables was no, we're only doing business with electronics. They've taken good care of us. They're a good company. And that, that proved to be a very smart decision because we've had several of our boards that have outlived the warranty, um, by a significant amount of time. And when you think about it, technology, that's not something you typically say, right? Like a computer, mm-hmm should last you three years, but often you're replacing them in two because it gets slow and leggy or whatever it is. So for a technology product to outlast your expectations, I think is unique. And I think that's kind of, they've really become like the gold standard in the marketplace. So we're, we're drinking the Kool-Aid we're big fans of the product.
1: Nice. That's always great to hear.
0: (laughs) I would just say that literally the boards are bulletproof. In 2014, we put two faces up right next to the Western mall and a tornado came through in 2019 and tore the roof off the old Western mall and did a ton of damage on 41st street Western. Our, our two boards withstood it and are still running today and <laughs> we're on year eight or nine with those digital boards, those two particular ones. So wow. Wow. literally they are bulletproof, it's unbelievable.
1: That's awesome to hear that they survived the tornado. And <laughs> and I mean, yeah. you, you seem to have had quite a few different displays. You've had the, the original three and then you, you've you had these survive a tornado. And um, how many digital displays do you have now currently? Like what's your inventory look like?
0: Yeah, so we're, we're gonna be, we'll be on track for 50 digital billboards in the next two years. Um, We have, I think we have 27 of the 11 by 22s and we have eight uh, of what I call the 600 square foot billboards, the large billboards Mm -hmm. with two more coming here in the next six months. So quickly growing the larger billboard footprint, we've had really incredible response from our customers with that. Uh, we have a lot of new prospective customers that we've always tried to sort of knock their door down we, with the smaller boards. We could never quite get there, but once we introduced this this larger uh, billboard, customers just really started to come in the door. And it's been an unbelievable product for us. We started with our first large billboard in July of 2020 and uh, quickly grew that footprint and we'll have 10 before the middle of uh, 2023.
2: And just to add to what you know about our fleet, we we also now almost probably in the reverse of what you typically hear, we do have, you know, a a pretty decent size of static locations, Um, but we did it the opposite. Usually it's you start with static and you convert to digital. We started with digital when Doug started the company, and then we've had to add static um, to secure some key sites that aren't quite ready for digital. But our goal is always to convert them as soon as we can justify it. Um, And so we do operate some statics now, but it's it's not our core focus. It's really, you know, to plant the seed for future growth on what we think are going to be the next key areas of our market.
3: I was just going to say planting the seed, and then you said, I was like, <laughs> so you're pretty much just planting the seed right now for those. But um, so you, you your company is based out of Sioux Falls, then. Is it all of these locations of all these billboards also in Sioux Falls?
2: Yeah, we're yes. in the I, what I would call the Sioux Falls metro area. Okay. Yeah.
3: And I'll, I'll maybe throw this to, to you, Zach, because you mentioned too, you know, when you were thinking about getting in the business too, and digital was always part of it. Um, you know, it's, it's the versatility of digital displays, what we always hear about, about why you would go with digital. Can you maybe just kind of run through, like, how do you how do you use that versatility then? How do you kind of schedule and manage your content for your different boards?
2: Well, as far as how I, like, when I'm talking to customers, what I try to sell them on is there is so much opportunity. You know, if you think about, like, a large organization, you know, one thing, because I'm, I'm you know, I am think I, I came from small business, I'm not used to, you know, some organizations have a marketing budget within 10 different departments. And I, one thing I've noticed is like, we'll get a call from like the HR department and then we'll get a call from the, you know, sales department from an organization. And they're not always talking together and they're not even always buying together to use their buying power. Mm -hmm. And so when I meet with people, I like to share some stories of you can slice and dice. Digital allows you to slice and dice your budget and allocate underneath one buy underneath one consolidated deal for best pricing, but it allows you, to have a now hiring ad. It allows you to have a sales driven ad to customers. And so you can really break it up. And so I encourage day partying. You know, if you think about like a a city like Sioux Falls, there's drive times and maybe drive time is the best time, uh, morning, noon and night to hit your sales message, people to and from work consistently. But during the day, who typically drives around during the day, employees, employees that are running the job sites, delivering material, Um, going to a shift job, a nurse going into work. And so daytime's a great time to switch to a now hiring ad. And so we really try to focus on that versatility of the product. And I, I consider the billboard industry to be almost a mirror to the digital media industry, like social media, or how you use your Google campaign. It should be dynamic. And most people don't just run the same Google campaign for 30 straight days, like you hear about in the billboard industry. They're changing it by the demographic, they're changing it by the day, they're changing it by the time. And that's what I really encourage, um, customers to do is to split up, you know, give us a plethora of ads. Our software allows us to schedule out and to, and to schedule multiple ads. Um, even in one day, um, that opens the door for co oping opportunities. Um, you might have a gas station that has a co oping opportunity for a Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. on the morning drive time. And then, you know, maybe it's a roller hot dog at noon and then a Lando Lakes milk special in the evening on the way home from work. You can break all that up um, and really use it kind of in a dynamic way. So we really, really push that hard. Um, I, I also encourage people to think about the audiences of, of, you know, different times of day and seasonality. If you're trying to hit an older customer, you know, typically your retirees are not driving at 8 a.m. Traffic. They don't want to deal with it, right? They go to Lewis or Walgreens and fill the prescriptions at 9 a.m., that's a good time to change your message or even the image on the message to talk to a different customer. Um, And so just trying to kind of get people to think about billboards differently. We're not this like old fashioned set it and forget it. Media, we really are a dynamic media and it should get treated just like your social media campaign.
1: Yeah. That's an awesome way to think about it. As you were saying that I just kept nodding my head. I'm like, yes, this makes a ton (laughs) of sense. Um, but really quick kind of off of that, are you giving, um, certain messages on certain displays or, or when you have customers, do you offer them the whole, um, gamut of displays that you have for digital, that you're putting those same messages across at those different daytimes? times?
2: we, we, we let them, you can buy it, you know, what I kind of call the old way, which is site specific, mm-hmm. where you, you pick the display that you want. And in, in a lot of times that becomes a location driven thing where someone wants to, hey, you know, next exit turn here. Um, and then what I really encourage is what we call a network where you rotate around all of our boards. Um, and, and I equate that to buying impressions on social media. If our advertisers run once per minute, so they run a minimum of of 1,440 times per day. And when I buy Facebook advertising in Sioux Falls, I cannot narrow down more than a 10 mile radius of Sioux Falls. So I don't get this to decide I can only advertise to people on 57th street, or I can only advertise to people by the mall. It, It will not narrow down more than 10 miles around Sioux Falls. And so I always say billboards shouldn't be treated any different. You shouldn't really care if you're on a a billboard on the east side or the west side, you're, you're buying impressions, just like you buy impressions on social media and we're spraying those impressions across towns. The more we spread them, the bigger your budget looks, the more it looks like you're all over town. So I encourage that for most businesses, but there are, you know, some businesses where site specific can make a lot of sense.
3: And this, as you're kind of talking about it, is this? I know we talked about it a little bit before the episode, even. But is this is this geofencing? Is something similar to that? Or is geofencing something different that you do?
2: No, well, geofencing would be something different. Um, you can do that, um, and there there's some. You know, we haven't got. We're, we're kind of working our way into it. We haven't gotten super deep into it. I think that's the next probably chapter of this industry. Um, is really grabbing the, the metadata from everyone going by and queuing up something specific for them. Um, and we're kind of slowly working to that. We haven't um, completely figured out that model yet, but no, we're at right now. We're just, you know, and I think a lot of companies nationwide are doing this, you know, instead of the old way of just selling you one, one board, it becomes really expensive to do that. You have to be a big company to be on 10, 15 boards. If you have to buy them all for the month. Mm-hmm. And so we did, we, we just kind of fractionalize them rather than being on one board, a hundred percent, we might have you on there, you know, one tenth or one fifth. And then, so with one, the price of one board, you're getting 10 boards and you know, people would argue, well, your frequency is too low. No one's going to remember your ad, but the key is duration. If you run that campaign for two three months, people will see you all over because the frequency will build. If someone's doing a really small campaign and they're only going to be on for a week or two, I don't recommend it. I say pick one or two boards and just be on those boards and own it. But if you're looking at a long-term buy, um, having a fractional spot on multiple boards really gives you this like big budget all around town exposure at a very affordable price.
3: So maybe I'll I'll toss this back over uh, to you, Doug, though is, so we're talking about how you potentially approach your advertisers and how you market to them. I'm thinking of a scenario, right, of you have a new site where you're putting up a display, a brand new billboard. How do you even kind of start that process? How do you go out and find uh, potential advertisers to start using that display?
0: Well, the first thing that we notice is <clears throat> if we try to pre-sell that board prior to it being installed uh, in the structure build, it's really difficult for them to visualize how that's gonna look. And we may start 60 days, 30 days, we may start talking to different uh, clients, prospects, and start hyping it, but really we don't get any traction until that board actually goes up. And quite honestly, these large billboards that we're talking about, they really sell themselves. You know, especially, at night, uh, at dusk, you get great content up there. People notice it right away. And you know, I don't want to sit here and say the phone rings, but <laughs> uh, people definitely are open to talking to you about it when you reach out to them and ask for an appointment. And uh, it, it's just amazing how how quickly uh, your guys' displays sell themselves. So is it
1: like the the customers or those potential advertisers it's like seeing is believing and that you said before it's installed it's really tough and once they see it and they see what it can do that then they they make it it makes it easier for them to come in and be interested in it is that kind of a a standard thing exactly. that you see a lot
0: That's exactly our strategy.
3: And that that makes me think of I've heard a uh, customers of ours in the past I think the term was uh, advertising bait where yeah. the, the concept was very much like this where they said we're only going to advertise our own stuff on the display, but people are going to notice that and see it. And then all of a sudden the conversation is going to be, you know, more reactive. People are calling them, like you said, and saying, Hey, I saw that new display. How can I get time on there versus like trying to go out and find it all the time? Maybe, could you um, give us any thoughts as to, so when you have this new display, it's up and running, people are approaching you, but I think you've even uh, mentioned Zach, right? You have some people that are, That are looking for this this town-wide impact that they do so that's why i was kind of curious in your minds when you get a new display now to add to your network do you look for brand new advertisers are you kind of meeting with you know existing ones or is it is it a combination of both
2: yeah it's definitely a combination of both we we always promise our customers that as we add more boards you'll be included you know if the boards we add are part of a network Mm -hmm. you'll automatically be included in that so as we grow you get that for no extra charge um but then we, of course we still go and 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 seek out people in the area um i think what doug said is so true it sounds so simple but like if you get that business owner that decision maker driving by that brand new board every day to and from work they kind of already have a gut feeling whether that's a good location bad location because they they have a personal experience to it and luckily because we have the right partnerships with a company like electronics you know, I, I often get here, like, I can't believe how crystal clear that is. Um, and so I think in the beginning, it's just like all about getting really good graphics on there that um, the resolution is correct and it looks awesome. It's eye catching. And that really kind of helps. I think when the can the, the customer over before you ever try to call them or get in front of them and, and sell them on it. Um, but we, we do it both ways. We, 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 we add it into our network. If it's a network-sized board, we have a few products that stand on their own. And those will be more or less go after certain types of customers. Um, you know, in our sales funnel, kind of all options are always open. We've, we've recently tried making some, like, what I call hype videos. So we'll go do some, some you know, photography of them. And, some I'll, you know, I'll kind of make a cheesy video of me talking about it. And it's just a quick hype video, but it, you know, I'm telling you personally why I love the location that, you know, we, Mm -hmm. if we went through the work of getting a lease and putting that investment there, we obviously really believe in it for a reason. And sometimes it's just a matter of advocating that to the customer and maybe educating them on why this road is important or the changes. Sioux falls is growing so fast. The traffic changes are crazy. We're going from a middle town to an outside town. And, and, and so the, where we used to think of like the main roads in town being important, that's changing. And Sioux falls is going to grow into essentially four suburbs, North, East, West, and South. And the, the traffic's going to be very, very different in the next 50 years. And so what I always advocate is, and what book your billboard is really unique at is we're, we're looking at the future of traffic patterns. And my goal is not to get you on Saturday, going to target once a week, I want to get you five days a week monday through friday going to work that's what i looked at doing i don't think there's enough consistency in the big box retail shopping all the time to to have the frequency to to really make someone remember your message and so we really focus on monday through friday traffic
1: yeah that's awesome to hear and and to hear you're looking at the future of those traffic patterns is also really interesting and it shows like the the advancement of what you guys are doing there and trying to stay ahead of things um if there are people that are kind of looking to be featured on your on your billboards um how would they go about getting featured on those or what could they expect for reaching out to you
2: um you know we we have a a contact form on our website so a lot of people reach out that way and kind of give us an idea of what they're looking for and we reach back out um I'm kind of joking, but Doug and I, Doug's a much better golfer than I am, but we have uh, golf balls their name and number on them and I'm terrible. So I'm spraying them all over town. And so I've had a few, <laughs> I've had a few phone calls. We put our number on those, um, you know, on that, but we, you know, and of course we have a full-time sales team and, and really some amazing people in our company that have trusted us to, to grow this business and they've really helped us grow. Um, we, none of this would have happened without our team. So they're, they're going to you know chamber fundraisers they're going to events um they're handing their business cards out and, and making themselves readily available i mean anytime someone wants to get together so just the other day i called uh at a friend that reached out to me looking to, to, to meet and talk about some some advertising needs and it was like a friday at like four o'clock i called one of our people and they were at their office like 10 minutes later um so just have a really dedicated team and and we are a little old-fashioned we still really like face-to-face meetings if the customer has time for it
3: See, no one's gonna justin, learn about your business if you hit the golf ball in the fairway right that's what you're saying you gotta hit it in the backyards <laughs> we, in order to be able to
0: learn about it justin we golf at the same golf course and everyone always comes to me and says hey i found one of your golf balls <laughs> and i'm like nah, i don't think that was me <laughs> <laughs> honestly uh, and be by the way justin <laughs> justin we are still pretty old school so my phone number is 605 201 3958. If anyone has any kind of a question about our business or wants to be on one of our displays, just pick up the phone and call me. And uh, we still think that is the best way to do business with people. Get to know them, build a relationship face to face over lunch, coffee, beer, you name it. That's how we do business here.
1: Nice. We will definitely put your phone number in the show notes <laughs> yep. for people to reach out to you. <laughs> <And
3: I'm, laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, Doug, it's kind of like a wrap-up question here. I mean, you mentioned since you're starting, you know, in 2006, even thinking about your the latest and greatest displays going up now. What are just to the top of mind? Like, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the digital out of home industry between then and now? I mean, there's obviously like, like resolutions gotten better and better colors, but what are some of the biggest changes you've seen uh, since you started?
0: Well, one of the biggest things that kind of pops into my mind is the electricity cost for those original displays 15, 16 years ago. I was telling Zach, we we're spending four hundred and fifty, five hundred bucks a month to run those displays. Today to run a display's $125 a month. Wow. And in my mind the technology that you guys have um, pumped into these boards the last 10, 12 years with the change in the LEDs, the, the power consumption is down by 75, 80%. That is one of the biggest changes that comes to my mind every time I go through a p
3: That's awesome. That's like again, obviously, Justin and I are not Billboard owners, so like (laughs) that's why I like asking that question because I would not have thought of that, but that makes complete sense. Um,
0: Well, when you have fifty displays and uh, your power consumption goes from five hundred to one hundred twenty-five, it becomes a pretty big number. (laughs) It adds up.
1: Yeah, it's a significant (laughs) change there. That's that's awesome to hear. And doug zach i I just want to thank you both for taking the time to join us today and and tell us about book your billboard and all the the great things you're doing with the the digital um displays that you have today so thank you very much for joining us
0: thank you guys for being our partner um we couldn't have done it without dactronics and we're just grateful for the relation relationship so thank you so much
2: yeah thank you both really appreciate it
1: thanks guys for your time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes.